Gift Biz Unwrapped, episode 337. Pinterest is not social media. Pinterest is going to be a search-based platform. Attention gifters, bakers, crafters, and makers. Pursuing your dream can be fun. Whether you have an established business or are looking to start one now, you are in the right place. This is Gift Biz Unwrapped, helping you turn your skill into a flourishing business. Join us for an episode packed full of invaluable guidance, resources, and the support you need to grow your gift biz. Here is your host, gift biz gal, Sue Monheit. Hi there, and happy Saturday. Our test of publish dates is officially over, and I'm now permanently airing the shows on Saturdays and Wednesdays. If you're new here and don't know, I did a test on which day is best for the main meaning the longer show to drop. It used to be on Mondays with the thinking that you'll learn new things at the top of the week that then you can employ throughout the week. But I've had a gut feeling that Saturday would be better. So I tested, I asked you for feedback, you answered, and I analyzed the results. Looks like it was a good move. So Saturdays it is with tips and talk following up on Wednesdays. If you listen through an app, click the follow button and then the shows are automatically available to you. So you don't have to worry about when they go live. They're ready and waiting for you when you have listening time. I encourage you to do testing like this in your business too. Think outside the box. See how your customers feel about new things. It's a nice way to keep things fresh too. If it doesn't work out, you can always adjust again but you may land on something great. Right now, this weekend, if you're listening when this show airs, we're out at the Ultimate Sugar Show in Atlanta. If you're here at the show, drop by and see me. We've got a booth for the Ribbon Print Company, and I'm also teaching a class. I'm definitely in my happy place right now. I haven't formally planned a meetup this time, given that restrictions are back in place. We're masked up, but we're together, so yay for that. If you want to see all the goings on and you're not here in Atlanta with me, the place to do that is over in my Instagram stories at giftbizunwrapped. Okay, getting down to business here. Today is the long-awaited Pinterest ads episode. After Laura was on covering the platform overall, I heard you when you asked about ads. So here you go. Everything you need to know, taking it from the top. And wow, very different from Facebook, that's for sure. I'm really excited about testing Pinterest ads myself, and learning from Laura is the best. So let's go grab our seat and start the class. Today, I am so excited to reintroduce you to Laura Reich. She is a Pinterest strategist and helps high-performing business owners and content creators implement content growth plans, outsource their visibility, and steadily grow their monthly revenue, all without tantrums over tech and trading sleep for success. She describes herself as a quirky, spunky social butterfly that values open, honest relationships in every area of her life. She's also the mother of two boys who are the center of everything. 
And as I already referenced, she was on the podcast just a short time ago, back in May of 2021. That's episode number 319. And if you want to learn the basics of the platform, that would be a great show to go back and listen to. But today, we're diving into everything Pinterest ads. Laura, thanks so much for coming back on the show. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me back. I've talked to you a little bit about this already, but our first episode is one of my highest downloaded episodes of all time already, and it was only just a few months ago. I love it. I am so happy that we are helping people with Pinterest. You know, and I'm hearing people saying that they're just feeling more comfortable over on Pinterest. They're liking that platform better. And I'm starting to see a big trend and a shift with people going over to Pinterest. Are you seeing something similar? Yeah, I mean, I think it really depends on what their process is, what their goal is, and things like that. But I am starting to see more people be a little bit more open to it in the past few months as well. Because it's not just another Facebook platform anymore, either. You know, it kind of started that way where there were all these social media platforms, and it's like, which ones do you choose? I think it has a different space now online than before. Absolutely. So the biggest thing that I like to try to tell everybody is Pinterest is not social media. Pinterest is going to be a search-based platform. So you want to take it out of the compilation thinking that it is Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and put it more with Google and YouTube. When people go to those platforms, they search for something and then they find the answer. That is exactly how Pinterest works. Okay. And so then if I was looking at getting more visibility, so more exposure for my handmade products, and I'm wanting to put money towards that, why would Pinterest then be my solution? Because you're always hearing about Facebook ads and Instagram ads and the shops that they have available and all of that. Why would I want to be considering Pinterest? That's a great question. So with Facebook ads and other social ads, you are focusing a lot on the demographics. You're focusing on where they are, what they're doing, how much income they bring, the location that they are, things like that. With Pinterest ads, you're actually able to focus more on psychographics, which means like, what are they searching for? What are they actively purchasing? Just different analytics to better target that audience that you want to be able to get your information in front of. So they have different categories and interests that people are going to be coupled under versus just their age or location or gender or things like that. So it gets a little bit more, in my mind, closer to the individuals that actually are going to do what we want them to with the paid ads that we are setting up. Okay, so behaviors more than just straight demos like age, sex, all of that type of thing. And even though Facebook had their interest categories, man, everything on Facebook seems to be in an upheaval right now anyway. So it might be time to look for a different place, to be quite honest. Yeah, Facebook does have some similarities in terms of the ads portion of it, like you said, interests. But the thing that is 
a little bit different about the interests on this platform is they're actively searching for these interests. On Facebook, it's more of interaction and it's more of if they would have clicked on someone's website in the last 60 to 90 days, which we can also do on Pinterest. But I feel like it's just a little bit more direct because these people we can target a little bit more specifically within those interests and how their relation is to what they're currently looking for online right now. That makes sense. And you know, some of the capabilities now, even in Facebook ads, like you can't track when people are coming over to your website anymore and retarget them. It's, I think, a great time, number one, for us to be talking, but also for all of us to be looking at what we're doing to attract people over to what we make. And it's right before the holidays, so no better time (laughs) to learn more about another option. So Laura, I'd love for you to take it from the top for us. And I mean, everyone pretty much knows what Pinterest is. They can go back and understand more about the platform from our last show. But now if they're brand new to really advertising at all, because I'm going to say the majority of the people who are listening haven't even been doing Facebook ads. So let's take it from the top. We're opening the textbook at page one. So the first thing you're going to want to do is you're going to want to make sure you have a business Pinterest account. You will not be able to do ads on the account if you do not have that set up. So you can go to business.pinterest.com and make sure that you have that set up. If not, it'll walk you through the simple steps to convert your account over. Once that's done, then you will see more access. So then you're gonna go to ads.pinterest.com and this will walk you through a number of different steps and there's the beginning of the funnel and the end of the funnel. So we're gonna focus on more of the beginning of the funnel for this time around. And what I like to do is talk about building awareness and driving consideration. So they used to call consideration traffic, but they have changed that term. So when I say consideration, make sure that you're thinking about traffic. Okay. And it's called consideration. This is Pinterest's term for it. It is. So depending on what your goal is, you can start with two different things. You can start with brand awareness, which is just basically getting your content in front of other people's eyes. That's not necessarily going to get them to click through. That's not going to get them to take action, but it's going to help them discover you. It's going to help them find your products, your services, your brand, things like that. And so that is something that you can start with if you're unsure how much traffic you want, where you want the traffic to go, things like that. So when you go to the ads back end, you're going to click on the drop down and it's going to say create an ad. Once you're on that page, you'll see brand awareness and then you'll also see consideration. So you would choose brand awareness And then you would choose what you want the campaign name to be. Typically what I do is I will type in the topic that I'm trying to center around. So if there's a specific thing that I want my brand to be known for, or if there's specific pins that I'm going to focus on in this brand awareness campaign, that's how I would easily name it so that you can remember later what it was doing. On this first page, it's going to ask you about 
doing your budgeting. For brand awareness, I don't typically have you guys put a budget on there. Most of the time, I actually focus most of my budget in consideration for traffic. So brand awareness is very, very top of funnel. And I would consider that to be someone who wants to just put maybe 5 to $10 down just to get their feet wet with the ads and set that up and see because it's going to help you with growing engagement, growing your followers, things like that. Okay, wait, question. 5 to $10 a day, a week, 5 to $10 what? When I'm coaching people, I typically say just do 5 to $10 like lifetime for that brand awareness. Because I typically use brand awareness just to teach people how to set up an ad, just to get them involved in the platform. 90% of the time when I'm setting up ads for clients, I'm in the consideration area. So this could be someone who has a brand new business or someone who's just new to Pinterest. So it doesn't matter. We're all starting at the same place. And so brand awareness is really getting people to know you exist, I think, right? Just understanding that you are there versus driving consideration is going the next level down. So starting to go into the funnel. Would that be right? Correct. All right. And so then you say 5 to $10 lifetime. Do we put a start and a stop time on that ad? It will just spend what you put for a budget if you choose lifetime. Oh, okay. So you put 5 or $10 lifetime. If someone wanted to, could they put 25 lifetime? Will more people see them then? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. This budget is completely up to what you are comfortable doing and how far you want to take it. If you are seeing good engagement and you are comfortable with the ads, I highly suggest switching sooner over to consideration because that's really where you're going to start to be able to get the leads and the sales that you're looking for on that return on investment. All right. So building brand awareness is 101. Just do it, throw $10 at it, let's say, to get a feel for it. You'll see how things go and then very quickly jump over into the driving consideration section. Yeah. And so then once you're in the consideration section, it's going to be focused on traffic. So you're going to set up a campaign name. Again, pick something that's going to be easy to remember why you're sending that traffic where you are. So for all intents and purposes, let's say that we're sending traffic to a specific podcast, right? And so we're going to do the podcast. I believe you said it was 319. <laughs> and we're going to talk about organic Pinterest. So in the campaign name, I would say podcast 319 organic Pinterest so that I know that's where I want to drive the traffic. And then what I would do is set a daily limit for your budget. When you are doing traffic only and you are looking for paying for those that are going to end up clicking through to your site, that is typically where I like to stick roughly right around, I would say, $20 to $30 to really see what's working for the first 7 to 14 days. Then you can scale either down or up depending on what's going on. But I think it's important to know that if you can try to get the most data within that first week, that's really going to help tell Pinterest and yourself what is working the best and how to continue your ads on from there. 
And so with the second example, let's say we do 20 and it's a specific, in your case, you're showing a product. What am I looking at for results? Great question. So when you go through and you set the daily limit, you can set it as a continuous or you can set dates on it. What you're really going to be looking for is the traffic that you're getting from that ad. So they're going to show you in reports different stats based on like the cost per click, based on if you're getting any conversions, even though you're paying for traffic, because it will help them understand more about who's going to purchase. And you will get awareness with this as well. So if you're getting engagements, impressions, if they're pulling up the pin closer, but they're not clicking through it. They're going to give you all of that data and you really want to focus on how many clicks you are getting to your website or to the URL that you are setting up for the consideration campaign. Okay, question here, and I'm going to transition it from podcast episodes, although I would love to talk it that way because it's <laughs> it would be perfect for me. Let's pretend that we have someone who sells mulling spices. We're going to be entering into the holiday season. So I think this is appropriate for all different types of seasonal products. Okay, so I have a business. I do all these types of mixes. And I just did a Pinterest post all about mulling spices. Maybe it was even make your own mulling spices. So I've got some pins up there and they link to my website where someone could buy my pre-made mulling spices. Okay, so we're listening to this show. You've told us to become acquainted with the ads by doing the brand awareness. So we've done that. Now we're going to do an ad for $20 a day to that pin that talks about the mulling spices. Am I right so far? And then to understand the activity, they've gone from the ad to look at the pin or is the ad the pin? The ad is the pin. So the nice thing about it is organically, when you click on a pin image, it pulls up closer. You have to then click on it one more time to get through to the website. With ads, if you click on it, it's automatically going to, depending on what device you have, either open up that website in a new tab or it's going to open it up right underneath the pin itself so you can scroll and be on the website within Pinterest as well. So they don't have as many clicks that they have to take to get to where you want them to go. And that's kind of the beauty of the ad being there is they'll see it, click on it, and be shown right away what you want to get in front of their face. Got it. It removes a whole step. And we know every single step is a place where people could drop off. And so then a conversion of a Pinterest ad then is that clicking over to whatever the link is that you have in your pin. Correct. For this type of a campaign. Okay. It's not necessarily the sale. It's the conversion of actually doing some type of an action on that ad, which brings them over to the site where hopefully then they'll take the final step to buy. Yes. Purchase. And then you can still track any purchases that you get from this campaign, but you are not paying per purchase. You are paying per click through to your website. Oh, you are? That's how the dollars are allocated? Correct. I mean, it's per impression of how many people are seeing it. 
So you have different ways that you can run your bidding to tell Pinterest you want to get the most pin clicks for the budget that you set, or you can control how much in terms of the cost per click you want to pay. I typically always say do automatic. Pinterest will just help you with that. But in consideration, it is a traffic campaign. So you are paying per click. In a conversion campaign, that is when you are paying per sale. To be able to get to that third step, though, you need to teach Pinterest who you are trying to reach by doing a consideration traffic campaign first. And that's for your entire account, right? So you could do these consideration campaigns for a certain amount of time, then Pinterest, it's kind of like how we talk about algorithms and teaching an algorithm who you're looking for, the reputation of your social media site, all of that. It's kind of similar over on Pinterest here to let Pinterest really understand who you're attracting, who's taking action on your content. And you're saying you do that through driving consideration before you would ever go to the next level deep in ads. Yes. What they require from Pinterest is in their best practices, they like to see 50 sales from a traffic consideration campaign before you move to the conversion sale campaign. So they want that within that seven days, that first week. You can stop if you get, say, 20 sales, you can stop and move to a sale campaign. But if you don't have any sales and your pixel for purchases on your website is not firing, Pinterest is not going to know who to serve a conversion campaign to. So you're basically trying to take this big pool of millions of people and size it down to get a potential audience size that's going to actually purchase when you move to that third step. Okay, and we're talking true live, someone has actually made a sale. It's not the fact that they clicked the button and came over to the website. But because there's a pixel on the website relating to Pinterest, Pinterest is able to understand and know who jumped over there and actually completed the entire transaction to the point of making a sale. Yep, you got it. Okay, I'm with you so far. I do have a question for you. And you guys, some of this is going to be information from 319. So if we're talking about something that's not making sense, please jump back over there and listen to that as well. Okay. So you know how, Laura, last time we were talking about the fact that you may do like four, five, six images that all lead to the same link, so to the same product, right? How do you decide what your creative should look like for the ad? Are we sparking your interest about Pinterest ads? We're going to continue this conversation right after a quick break to hear from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Nancy. I get to work with all the beautiful colors of ribbon as I pick and pack customer orders for the ribbon print company. Our ribbon printing systems include the software, printer, and everything you need to start printing ribbon right away in your shop or craft studio. And when you need new colors or sizes of ribbon or ink, we call them foils. We're just an order away. My favorite thing is when I'm filling an order and everything fits in the box perfectly. Really, I don't know why, but it's so rewarding. Kind of like how our customers feel when they print personalized ribbons and see the reaction on the faces of their customers. Pure happiness and surprise. 
Besides the more obvious uses for custom ribbon, I'm seeing it used for sashes, party decor, and bookmarks. There really is no limit to its application. In our small town, the main street is lined with ribbon the city requested saying, stand strong and we're in this together. Our high school also used ribbon to motivate the students when we had Jason Brown competing in the Olympics. It's a joy to be surrounded by something that can provide motivation and joy to others. To learn more and see the ribbon printer in action, go over to theribbonprintcompany.com. Amazing question. So you need to test everything. They do have a best practices PDF in terms of design, which I can give you and we can link in this podcast. It is something that they have free on their resources page. So it's totally up for anybody. If you're just wanting to go directly to Pinterest, they have it right there for you. So I will get that for you guys too. What I say is test. Typically, you want to start with two to three pins, pin designs, and see how they are doing against each other. Leave everything else the same. So your targeting strategy is the same. Your keywords are the same. Everything is the same, but the designs are different because that's truly going to show you what people are clicking through so that you know what they're taking action on. Then you can start to go from there and start to narrow down before you move to a conversion sale campaign. Okay. And I'm just going to compare it to Facebook. I feel like I'm cheating on you when I talk about it, but just that someone can relate to. So is it a similar thing where you put the pin up first and then you don't put the creative and the pin up at the time that you're doing the ad, you are setting up the ad and directing it to a certain pin that's already there. So you can actually do it both ways. So one of the ways that I like to test is I like to test pinning an image organically, and then also uploading an ad image. They could be two different images. One was done a week ago, months ago, and one was done right now as I'm setting up the ad campaign. And the reason I like to do that is because sometimes we have organic pins that do really well. And so we already know organically they're doing well. Why not put more money behind them? That doesn't mean, though, if we put more money behind them, that a different image is not going to be able to work just as well. And so that's why I like to always test and try different call to actions, different layouts, titles, things like that on the image to see what resonates the best with the audience we're targeting. Okay, but only change one thing at a time or you're not going to know what it was that's working the best. Correct. So either you do the same copy to the same image and then maybe once you find the most popular image, then you might switch up the copy two or three versions and then see what combination there is the best. And that's how you kind of narrow in on what the best one is to do, to use. Okay. I'm with you, Laura. I'm getting this. (laughs) Awesome. Let's jump into targeting then. So with targeting, in the beginning, you're going to have three different options. They have reconnect with users, find new customers, or choose your own. When you're reconnecting with users, these are going to be retargeting people that have already interacted with your brand in some way. 
So you're going to be able to focus on different lists. Like if you have an email list, if you have engagement on your Pinterest account, if you have had website visitors, you're going to be able to use this to target those people. If you want to find new customers, you can use this for brand new targeting. You can do this with keywords, audience lists, things like that. But you can also create act-alike audiences in here as well. Typically, you're always going to focus on finding new customers in the beginning. So reconnecting, I like to do as like retargeting, which if you know Facebook ads, you're probably well aware of that term. The find new customers is where I go first. And then I can go down and select my keywords and interests. Okay, yeah. And I think when you see the screens, it probably walks you through what to do. It does. So you're going to want to listen to this with a pen and paper and pause and play and pause and play. A true tutorial. (laughs) Yeah. So the next one down then under targeting details is going to be your keywords and interests. Now, there's two different ways that you want to test these as well. What I like to do is I set up one ad group to target three different interests. And then I will set up another ad group to target my keywords with no interests. So when you're looking at the screen, you'll see they have all the interests, which are the categories that Pinterest uses. So we have finance, health, home decor, quotes, vehicles, weddings, fashion, food and drinks, everything is on there, right? And you can get even more niche So there's beauty, and then if you clicked on beauty, they have hair, makeup, nails, skincare. I like to stay top of funnel for testing purposes when doing a consideration campaign. So I will choose the three there and then set my ad to run to those three. One ad, three interests. Correct. So you're in the consideration campaign. You're going one ad group. You're choosing three interests, and you will then have two to three pin designs that show up to those three interest categories. Got it. So that equals a total of three ads going out. Correct. Because the images are different. Okay, I'm with you. Then what you will do is you will go underneath that same consideration campaign, set up a new ad group. You will choose the targeting to find new customers again, and then you will go to add keywords. They do have a section here where it will help you search for related keywords to be able to add them. I personally like to do my search with trends.pinterest.com and the good old fashioned spyglass on Pinterest directly to find what's working so that I can actually see the pins that are pulling up underneath my searches to make sure they are related the best way possible. They also state on here to use a minimum of 25 keywords. I break that rule minimum and I actually say you should have anywhere from 50 to 75 keywords. You want a bigger potential audience size And so if you do 25, depending on your niche and the product or service that you're trying to target, 
it can be really difficult to get a broad audience size using keywords. So you want to make sure you're giving them enough relevant keywords to be able to increase those ad impressions. Well, and all different versions of that word too, right? All the different keyword versions. Correct. And so then you also have a way, I stick with what's called broad match. So it's just the keyword. So let's say spices, right? To go with your mollies and spices, then they're going to do anything spices, right? So they're going to do chicken spices, beef spices, anything that has spices in the phrase is going to be phrase matched. If you want to specifically only talk to Molly and spices, you have to put brackets around it. And that's going to give you an exact match. So they will only pull up things that mention Molly and spices. Right, the exact words. Exactly. And if you don't want something to be pulled up or correlated with your search then you need to put the negative sign, the brackets, and then your words in there. So it would be minus bracket molly and spices bracket. That makes it so they know don't show this to anyone that is searching that exact phrase. With consideration, please make it easy on yourself and stick with broad match. Yeah, that makes sense. Because you don't know yet what the exact perfect match is or what a negative match is yet. So when you move deeper into these campaigns, then you can start to get deeper on those things where you're learning, oh, okay, they didn't like this phrase and it's spending a lot of my budget. So I'm going to make that a negative match. Now, how am I going to know that if I'm pulling up all of these keywords? How am I going to know which keywords are working within that big group of keywords I've selected? Perfect question. So they're in your reporting system. They will show you the overall report for your campaign, and then you can click into the ad group. They'll show you the overall report for your ad group. You can click into the individual pin designs, and within each individual pin design, it will show you how that pin is doing for the specific keywords that you have. So you can then sort by how many clicks you're getting or how much budget is being spent, and it will show you from highest to lowest the top-ranking keywords for that pen image. Then you can start to decide, okay, across all three of these images, this keyword is doing really well, so that's something I want to use going forward. Even though you have to back it out to the average named keyword? Or do you then start getting more specific when you're seeing the ones that are really working? You will be able to start getting more specific when you see the ones that are starting to work. Okay, got it. Yeah, so now that we have interest in keywords, the final step in your targeting is really just your demographics and ad placement. I typically always just leave this as is unless there is for some reason a location issue that you need to target a different location if you need to make sure that they're only on a specific device, things like that. But typically for your demographics and your ad placement, you just leave those alone. Okay, but what if I have somebody who is a bakery? So they don't ship anywhere, it's just their location. Then they would want to use this section. Correct, yep. And you would just click under demographics. 
you'll see genders, ages, and locations. And right now, typically, it's always going to be set to all U.S. locations. So you would just click on pick specific locations. You can do it by countries, regions, and metros, or you can do it by your postal code. Perfect. And you're making your money work better for you if you're a location only, like I was just saying. Correct. All right. So we get all of this set up. We start running the ads. You said we wait a week to go back and look? Yes. It's really, really hard to do. Well, we can look. We just shouldn't change anything. Yeah. Don't touch. Look, don't touch. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It is really hard, though, because you're spending your money, right? I totally understand. But at the very minimum for seven days, look, don't touch. If after seven days, there's something that you just want to make one minor tweak on, I may say, okay, go ahead as long as it's just one thing, but don't go crazy. You're really going to start to get the data after that seven to 14 day mark. So if you can wait 14 days, great. Now, my caveat to that is if you're looking and not touching, but you see something that's completely way out of whack, of course, go in and shut it off. I mean, if it's spending money, but you're not getting any clicks, like don't just spend your money. But if it's working and you can see you're getting clicks and impressions and things like that, and it seems like it's doing okay, just leave it. Because even if it seems slow, or even if it seems like it's just working like gangbusters, you're not going to know until you've given it at least that 7 or 14 days, which is really working the best, so that you can narrow down your next campaign. Okay, question here. We're back to our Mulling Spice ad. We ran it 14 days. We've done the tweaking that we need to do, pulling out keywords that we're not going to use, selecting the best creative, like all those things that we just talked about. Now, let's just say we're going to run it through the holidays, okay? Then I go in and turn it off. Let's just go with this with me for a minute. Can I then go back and turn it on at any time or does it lose juice if it's inactive for a while? It is going to lose some juice if it's inactive for a while. But instead of reinventing the wheel, what you can do is just duplicate that campaign and start it up again because you're already going to know what works. Okay, so that would be a better solution than just turning it back on. Correct. If you're going to pause it for more than 30 days, I would highly suggest that you reduplicate the campaign and turn it on that way when you are ready to start the ads again. So what about somebody who, let's do candles, I somehow always gravitate back to that topic, and I want to promote different candles over time, okay? And they're not seasonal necessarily, but I feel like I just want to have different ads going. I want people to know different things. How long should an ad stay on? How many ads should we have going at one time? So how long should ads stay on? is really dependent on what your goals are and how they're performing. So that's actually a really difficult question to answer unless we have data to go off of it. Do ads ever get stale? They can. The nice thing and the beauty of Pinterest, though, is your ads are going to optimize over time, whereas Facebook, they start running right away, some of them, and then over time, you have to do another ad or you have to switch up things. With Pinterest, it takes a little bit longer for that to actually happen because you're focused on the search keywords and not necessarily, again, those demographics. So with Pinterest, organic or ads, your results 
grow over time because you're optimizing for those specific things over time. I would just say, keep an eye on it. Realign with your goals. If you're doing a consideration campaign, is it getting sales? Do you feel like you're spending all your money in the traffic area, but maybe you want to focus on sales? Then maybe, you know, think about setting up a different campaign there. The one thing to answer your second question that I will urge you guys not to do is do not set up multiple candle ads with different candles targeting the same keywords because then you're going to be competing against yourself. Makes sense. So I can just take this and run with it here for a second. If you want to go in and you're going to do candles, why not do one of them for entertainment, right? And that could be an interest that you target for that. Maybe the next one is home decor. And so then a different candle is targeted for home decor. Maybe one of the candles smells like pumpkin pie. And so why not target food and drinks and see how that does? You're going to want to test different interests if you're going to be doing different ad products. Another really cool thing too is depending on how long your account has been running, how much data it has, and if you've uploaded like say a purchaser list from those who have purchased your candles in the past, you can actually go under your analytics and the little drop down gives you something called audience insights. And what that does is that's actually going to tell you the highest affinity score categories and under those categories what interests your audience is specifically acting upon. So for my audience, I teach Pinterest marketing. One of my highest ones is finance. Why? I don't know. Don't ask me. (laughs) But my audience really likes things that are for finance. And so when I go down into that, the top three interests in under the category finance are financial planning, insurance, and banking. So if I focus on banking, insurance, and financial planning for one of my ads, and then say I want to do a secondary ad to a different product, I would just choose a different category. My second category is electronics. So then I can tap on electronics and see that computer tablets, wearable devices, and cell phones are the top three interests for that. And then I could set up a new ad for that. So it does help give you, within the last 30 days of your account, what your total audience includes for the most popular categories and related interests for those people. That makes so much sense to me too, because then you can really also dial in your creative to really be speaking to those audiences. And then if you upload one of those email lists, say you have an email list of purchasers or maybe an email list of interested potential buyers, you can then do this same niche down and find out the information of what those people would typically be searching for and their categories and interests underneath this audience insights. You just upload your list and then Pinterest will actually give you the data for that custom audience. That is incredible. And I'm thinking here, like we don't want to lose everybody who's listening. 
this is some higher level stuff. You don't need to know all of this to start running ads. It's like with anything, you start with something that we've already been talking about, you test it out a little bit, then that becomes known, that's familiar to you, and then you build on top of that and just then continue going. Correct. So it sounded like there was another level to the ads. Did you want to talk about that? I mean, that's getting probably more complicated, right? But Yeah, I can sum it up easily. So once you've gotten your feet wet, you're doing good with the consideration campaign, the next step is really to get those conversions and those sales. Whether you're going for growing your email list so that you can email them more about your products and kind of warm them up even more and get more personal, whether you want to go straight to purchasing a product that maybe is on sale for the next few months, you would set up a conversion campaign. So it's going to be almost identical to what you've done in your consideration campaign. You just choose your budget a little bit differently because you're now going to be paying per purchase. So without getting too technical, your paying per purchase needs to have a bigger budget. So let's say I know that to purchase a candle, my cost per acquisition is $3, right? If I want to have my ads properly run, then I'm going to want to do 10 times that amount so that Pinterest can run a proper ad campaign. So if my cost per one candle sale is $3 on my ads, I want to do $30 a day so that I can consistently outbid anybody else for one and for two, get those sales in the door that I need to get in at that $3 mark. And I don't want everybody to freak out here because remember, when you're spending $30 a day, the point is you're bringing in way more than that. So the ad starts paying for itself when you've got all this locked in properly. Correct. Because you've already gone through everything else. So that's how I know my purchase would be $3 because they've been purchasing from my traffic ad, which is just a bonus. Right, because you've seen that convert. That's why I think probably I'm going to make an assumption. You're going to tell me if I'm right, Laura. This would be a mistake that people do is just start right away with conversion ads. Absolutely. Because Pinterest doesn't know what your cost per acquisition is, who the right people are, the purchasers for that. There's so many different angles that they need to learn as an algorithm first to be able to help you spend your money better. Because I think a lot of people, you know, when you think of ads, it's like, yeah, I'm going to show you what you can buy from me and I'm going to point you to the direction of where you can do that. But instead, we need to be all the things that you talk about and getting acquainted. Like people have to start knowing you. They have to trust you as a brand that they're going to want to buy from. And you're getting visibility in doing these first two steps at the same time that you're letting Pinterest really understand who they should be sending the ads to, just by nature of who you're attracting. Is that right? Absolutely. Okay, so I think I'm a little bit confusing myself too. So if I'm confusing myself, maybe we'll be confusing some listeners, but let me think of this through now. Timeline-wise, if someone was starting in the very beginning, how long should they take in each of these steps before they're getting to the direct sales? I would say depending on your goal, let me put it this way. If your goal is to ultimately get sales of your product, I would skip building awareness 
because you will get that with your consideration traffic campaign. I would go straight into a consideration traffic campaign. I would leave it set up for 7 to 14 days. See the data that you're getting. If you are not getting as much traffic or any sales, even though you're not trying to go for sales, you're going for traffic, then I would say that you need to spend some more time digging deeper into your targeting. If you are doing really well with traffic, but no sales at all, then I would say dive deeper into your ad image and your call to action. If you are getting traffic and sales within that first 14 days, jump right on over to conversions and start getting more sales. I love that answer. It's very clear. It gives us exact direction. Next question. Should I be doing a mix of all of these types? So should I be doing, well, maybe not the first one, but should I be doing always some consideration and then also some conversion? Again, that's really going to depend on your goal. I typically have conversions going all the time because my account is well-versed. If it is a new landing page or a new product or something like that, and I want to gather more data about how it's converting, if I need to make changes, then I will also set up a consideration traffic campaign. It is not required to have multiple consideration and conversion campaigns running at the same time, though. That makes sense. Like if you have a new product that maybe is going to go after a different group, it's a different purpose, it's going to have different people who are purchasing, then you would want to do that. You'd want to go back. But if it's similar products to what your current customers are already doing, then you can go directly to the conversions once you know your ads are working, when you get to the new ads. Yeah. And let me also say, I will caution you, if it is the same product, you definitely do not want to have a traffic and a conversion campaign running because again, you will be competing against yourself. Good advice. Okay. I'm loving this. I'm really excited. I feel like this is a huge opportunity, especially as we're walking into the holiday season here, because it looks like we're hunkering down again. People are going to be online. People are going to be searching for gifts. And during the holiday season, no matter what the state of the world is, everyone's looking for new ideas of gifts to give. So it's a great opportunity to get to get visibility and then to bring in sales, particularly if some of the things that we used to be able to do and we were spending money for, like going out to shows or something, gets more limited. And just something we should be testing to add to our repertoire overall. Yeah, I always say diversify. I mean, if you're used to Facebook ads, this is a whole different game. Even though some are similar in terms of setup and design and things like that, it's still different. So I like to have both things running because then you're also playing against each other, right? You're not in a bad way, I should preface. Like you're showing up on Facebook and maybe they don't click through or purchase and then they're on Pinterest two days later and they see you again. That's just going to continually help your brand. So the more you can diversify, the better it's going to be for you in the long run anyway. Yeah, because those views that compound upon themselves build trust. 
and you're just in front of them more. And we all know that it takes a lot of touches. You know, some people say seven, now people are saying 14, especially online. You know, it takes a lot of touches before someone will finally buy. And the audiences are different. Not everyone who's on Pinterest is on Facebook and vice versa. But I do, it, this does beg one final question, and that is, like, what do you see as the biggest difference between Pinterest advertising and Facebook ads? That's a really deep, good question, I think. You can give us a simple answer for all of us newbies here. I'm partial to Pinterest just because I think the platform for setting everything up is so much nicer to be able to help people walk through it. But I also have seen that our cost per impression for someone to see the ad and the cost per click to see the ad has been trending lower than Facebook. Well, and now with, like I said, like even if you're not running ads, you've probably heard about all the challenges Facebook has decided to present to us in conjunction with the iOS 14 update. So it's not just Facebook, it's the iOS and like the whole thing is becoming more challenging. So we need to look for new ways and this is one of them. So I'm actually very excited about this. Laura, this has been such fascinating information. If someone wants to hear more from you in terms of direction and training and ideas and everything about Pinterest ads and strategy overall, right? Where would they go? Yeah, I definitely would suggest that you head on over to my website. It's laurareich.com. And then I have this really cool program that is a hybrid of coaching and course curriculum. So you don't just feel like you're getting dumped on with information. I'm in there every week answering questions, walking people through things. And it's called the Pintastic Rockstars. And so I'm pretty excited to now say that I own the trademark to Pintastic. Oh, that's exciting. That was a good move, Laura. I know. I like it. It's Pinterest fantastic. So, (laughs) but yeah, so just head on over there. I have tons of walkthroughs on my blog as well. And then there's a number of different ways to get in contact with me if you had any questions about what we talked about today or can't find something that we were discussing. Feel free to just reach out at any time. Wonderful. Well, Laura, thank you so much for coming back on the show. I'm really excited about Pinterest ads, and I think it opens up a whole new world of opportunity for us. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. And I hope this one even helps further than the first one we did, which sounds like you guys all love. Oh, I know it will. People have been asking for you, Laura. Perfect. I love it. Come on down, you guys. I have questions that I answer on the daily. So do not be afraid to even just send me a social media message. I am here for you guys. Fabulous. Thanks again, Laura. All right. Thank you so much. I'm loving Pinterest right now, since I feel like my time there is a much better investment. I'm talking both pins and soon my testing of paid pins. I think this is a new opportunity waiting to be tapped. You can hold me accountable if you like. Just follow me over on Pinterest and see what I'm up to. What about you? Is Pinterest in your marketing strategy yet? If you've considered it between both of these shows, you have all the information you need to get started. 
but it's up to you to act on it. Next week, we're moving into subscription boxes. The trend continues with the popularity of these programs, and I don't see it letting up anytime soon. We actually have a couple of shows coming up focusing on subscription boxes. Could this be in your future? Close your eyes and envision your product being part of a subscription box. This is possible. Tune in next Saturday for more. As always, thank you so much for spending time with me today. If you've enjoyed the show, make sure to follow the podcast on your app of choice. That way you won't miss a single episode. Also, a rating and review would be so helpful. It's a way the show gets seen by more makers, so it's a great way to pay it forward. And now, be safe and well, and I'll see you again next week on the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. I want to make sure you're familiar with my free Facebook group called Gift Biz Breeze. It's a place where we all gather and are a community to support each other got a really fun post in there that's my favorite of the week, I have to say, where I invite all of you to share what you're doing, to show pictures of your product, to show what you're working on for the week, to get reaction from other people, and just for fun, because we all get to see the wonderful products that everybody in the community is making. My favorite post every single week, without doubt. Wait, what? Aren't you part of the group already? If not, make sure to jump over to Facebook and search for the group Gift Biz Breeze. Don't delay. Come join us in Gift Biz Breeze. Today, 